Hi everyone, welcome back to the Choose You Calgary podcast. For all of our new listeners out there, my name is Marcus and I'm your Season 7 host for the Choose You Calgary podcast. I am a current business student here at the University of Calgary, pursuing a Bachelor of Commerce degree. I'm also in the Haskane co-op program as part of the student recruitment team. So today I'm joined with Jackson, who is a current student in the Schulich School of Engineering, where we will discuss all things engineering internships, such as the process for applying to one, what a typical day looks like during your internship, some cool projects you got to work on, and advice for prospective students. So with that said, I'm super excited to get this podcast started. So welcome, Jackson, to the podcast today. Thank you very much, Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, can you introduce yourself for us today and a bit of your background and experiences with internships at the Schulich School of Engineering? Of course. Well, it's a pleasure to be here today. My name is Jackson Cooper. Currently, I just finished my third year of geomatics engineering. I'll touch about what that is in a bit here because it's... uh, not an engineering everyone has heard about. Um, and I also recently completed uh, one year of doing internships uh, across a variety of different roles and companies. Um, and I'm excited to go a little bit more into that today. Awesome. That sounds great. So I'm excited to hop into these questions here. So starting it off, uh, why did you choose to pursue an engineering degree? Mm-hmm. And why did you choose the University of Calgary? Yeah, no, that's a interesting question. Um, before even coming to the University of Calgary, I was kind of humming and hawing about uh, different career paths, different areas I was interested in. I was always someone who was really interested in technologies and science and even arts, to be honest. And I found engineering was this really interesting path to pursue all of these interests of mine. Specifically, engineering really is not necessarily just learning about one particular subject, but learning about a whole bunch of different tools and processes to solve problems that you're interested in working on. Uh, Why University of Calgary in particular? Um, That was an interesting choice for myself as well, because I actually came to the University of Calgary for geomatics engineering specifically. Um, In the past, I was at a conference during high school listening to a talk from a head of data science at IBM, and he was telling me, and the rest of the conference audience about this amazing future that is happening here today where we have things from satellites, self-driving cars, rocket ships, and wearable technology. And the one thing that he pointed out that really kind of resonated with me was that all of these technologies rely on location. You have to know where your car is to be able to drive it automatically. You have to know where a satellite is in space to figure out how you want to interpret the observations that it's taking. And even things like wearable technologies, such as smartwatches people have nowadays, that is uh, location technology many people have, or even GPS in our own phones. Um, so with all these different spatial technologies, I was wondering, what is a tool set that I could learn to maybe work with these type of exciting technologies and um, learning that the University of Calgary had a geomatics engineering program focused on spatial technologies. um, I was really excited to kind of become involved with this program and that kind of led me to choosing the University of Calgary. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic answer. It's cool how you kind of mentioned a little bit about your inspiration Mm -hmm. of why you chose to pursue engineering. So that's pretty cool to hear, Uh, especially with Calgary being like the engineering capital of Canada. It seems to be a pretty popular choice for students for sure. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what an internship in engineering is and why it's valuable for a student to experience during their degree? Mm -hmm. Um, Internships in engineering are interesting because there's really two components to it. On one side, 
An engineering internship is a little bit different compared to other internships, say, in business or in science or a co-op program because your internship experience can actually count towards your professional accreditation. So as engineers in Canada, there's something called a professional engineer uh, designation or a PENG. And one of the requirements to actually attain this is work experience. Um, and the benefit of an internship is you can get this work experience earlier than graduating and needing this experience after the fact. And then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, an engineering internship, you apply end of the third year. Uh, and if, as long as you've completed all your requirements and you're in good standing with the university, um, you're able to get involved with the program. And other unique features of it as well is that you get some career support during the process. So we have uh, internship kind of a course required to be completed. This just helps with some career planning as well as uh, aligning some of your skills and helping to complete a portfolio for some of your work experience. So um, those are kind of the unique elements of an engineering internship. But other than that, it's a chance to work with real world employers, um, even potentially work in uh, university research or work with even international companies um, and complete engineering specific work in a variety of different capacities. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Definitely just like helping ease that transition mm -hmm. as a student into the real world as well. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So can you walk us through the process of applying for an internship? Of course. Applying for an internship is interesting because at the end of the day, um, and it's no surprise, there is a lot of challenges to applying as well. Uh, there's many applicants. There's a lot of different companies you can apply to. And really, there's a couple of different approaches you can take to applying for uh, an engineering internship. One of the main routes a lot of students take is through the internship job board that we have through the Schulich School of Engineering. This is where companies themselves approach the engineering school to list their different applications and positions they, they might have available uh, for students. Students can also take it on themselves for applying to specific companies that they're interested in. Maybe they see it through uh, job boards or through social media that a company's hiring. Um, and then the last way, and actually quite a common way a lot of students end up getting um, a position, is through networking. Uh, we have many companies come in through um, like job fairs or industry nights to present to students about the exciting work that some of these companies are doing. This is a chance to for individuals to meet with companies, see if they have an interest in them and a mutual kind of acceptance. And I've even had friends who have been hired after having an interview right there at the job fair uh, for their internship. Um, so this is kind of a fun part as well where you get to meet a company before applying, which can be kind of sometimes uh, distracted away from like the reality of like engaging with that company. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Definitely sounds like a fairly um, smooth and straightforward process mm -hmm. to applying for an internship. And I think uh, the University of Calgary does a great job of providing a lot of different resources for students to pursue those. Um, I'm curious as well if you had any um, like specific resources or supports available for students when they're trying to pursue an internship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think covering kind of the traditional resources, uh, we do have like career offices through the engineering school where there's different resources such as interview practice nights, uh, resume review nights. Uh, one resource, though, some students uh, may or may not be aware of is actually student organizations within the engineering school themselves. Um, so within engineering, there is a 
general student society, as well as individual faculty societies, say for mechanical engineering, civil engineering, geomatics engineering, and all these different groups regularly put on events to help um, people within their own faculties uh, gain experience or kind of portray their experience in a way that would be um, taken well by an employer, for example. Um, this is also a chance to meet with uh, upper-year students who've already gone through the internship experience process and have that kind of peer mentorship and support to be able to actually um, figure out the best path forward for their own kind of interests in internships. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great response. So diving into some questions related to your personal experiences with your internships, can you give us an overview of your internship experiences and kind of what a typical day-to-day would look like for you during those experiences? Of course. Um, so we'll have to cover three different types of days today uh, in a moment here, but um, my process I took a little bit differently than most people. So uh, kind of broadly in regards to the internship experience for an engineering student, you start it typically at the end of your third year, as mentioned before. Uh, and this, these internships usually last anywhere from 8, 12 to 16 months in time. Uh, this is because a lot of engineering roles require you to really get used to like a specific company's processes and get involved with some potentially really deep technical knowledge involved with some of these companies. I took a little bit of a different approach and actually started my internship in the second half of my third year. So not actually completing my full third year. And I did a four-month internship starting with uh, Rogers, uh, the telecommunication company, um, and a little bit about the day-to-day -day there. Uh, it was a very interesting role because I was working in a brand new department that I was helping build in smart cities IoT technology. Uh, that was a whole lot of acronyms and weird words, but really at a high level, what that means is we were looking at incorporating different sensors and solutions to help cities better manage their resources and infrastructure. So a lot of my work involved consulting with city managers. I even got to chat with quite a few mayors to learn about the unique requirements for their cities. And then I took that information back and helped to distill potentially different solutions or different um, like IoT sensors that would be useful. One particular one I was working on was within the area of traffic management and seeing if we could onboard some new uh, technology partners to help better manage uh, traffic as well as say detect uh, safety incidents such as potential collisions and automatically notify local uh, emergency responders. Um, a lot of my work was remote at the time because this was still kind of in the transition of the pandemic. Um, so I had a nice little office set up where I would uh, have a lot of regular Zoom meetings with different uh, stakeholders, uh, involved a lot of online research, looking up different information, meeting with companies themselves, learning about their technical details. And a big part of this role too was communication. So distilling all of this knowledge into actionable strategy, presentations for sales department, um, and kind of approaching it uh, at that angle. So after those first four months, um, I then worked in research. So that's actually another opportunity students can take a part in. Uh, a lot of people think you might have to go work with a company, um, but uh, a big resource on campus is the research opportunities that we have, uh, specifically in engineering. There's always research happening in really exciting topics from renewable technologies to uh, bioengineering. I particularly did research in 
the calibration of medical imaging systems. So I was working with a professor here on campus and I got to go to the Foothills Hospital and work with some of their medical imaging devices to capture a variety of like pictures. And by using those uh, pictures, I was able to calibrate and improve the accuracy of these imaging systems by over like 90%. Um, so a lot of that work became a lot more uh, discovery base. So a lot of it was like problem solving, trying to learn on my own about these different technologies and then um, computation and like computer coding as well as real world data capture to analyze um, the accuracy of these systems. So this was a very dynamic role, I would say, and that's kind of a benefit of research. It's um, a lot of self-scheduling and a lot of self-motivation, but that allows you to explore different topics that you might be interested in. So after those four months at the end of August, I actually then transitioned into another role uh, with the Canadian Space Agency working as a data scientist. Uh, this role was also remote as the team is primarily based out of the Montreal area. I did have a chance though to get to go visit the Canadian Space Agency, which was a lot of fun. They have satellites hanging on all the roofs and models of uh, like a fake Mars yard and um, a model rover too. So that was really exciting. And my role in that um, once again, kind of focus more on the data and computation side of things. Uh, a lot of my day-to-day -day would involve learning about new data sets and learning about how we could better engage the public with our data sets. I worked on a variety of projects here, uh, including the development of a 3D model for an asteroid known as Bennu, which we're actually returning a sample from, uh, which should be landing later this or next year um, to analyze the earliest origins of our universe, which is really exciting. I also worked on a project for the observation of and interaction of Radarsat constellation mission uh, Earth observation data. And what that is, it's a very fancy satellite that Canada um, commissioned and developed, and it's really good at analyzing things like environmental change, uh, ice flow change up in the Arctic. And this data is really useful, and it's really interesting and engaging to look at, but can be a little bit difficult for a regular citizen or someone who doesn't necessarily have technical knowledge to work and interact with. So I'm currently working with them on building um, an app and helping with some of that visualization. Uh, and one thing to know about all these internship opportunities as well is regularly these roles can transition into a full-time uh, position after you graduate or a part-time position um, such as continuing work with both my research professor as well as the Canadian Space Agency um, while you're still finishing up your studies. So uh, those are some of the benefits as well after having a good experience with a potential employer. A little bit of a long-winded answer, but uh, just wanted to cover high level on those bases. Yeah, for sure. No, that's awesome to hear about all of your experiences. And I'm sure after all those experiences and all sorts of skills you're, you're gaining, you're going to come out of it like such a well-rounded student as well, too. So that's really awesome to hear. And kind of um, while we're on that topic, I'm also kind of curious to hear as well how you manage the transition from the classroom to the workplace during your first internship mm -hmm. and what are some of the challenges you face during those? Mm -hmm. I think kind of to answer this question in two parts. Firstly, um, one thing to note too is while you do have your larger internship experience after your third year, this isn't to say that you can't work, uh, say, in the summer after your first year or in the summer after your second year. And I actually found, for me, um, I did a research experience 
at the end of my summer uh, in my second year that really helped start this feeling of a transition because it kind of helped me figure out how to identify key deliverables or items that are really pertinent to work on. Um, because in the classroom, it's always kind of laid out. You have your next assignment, your next project, your next quiz. Um, and it's quite good because you can always focus on the next thing when you're in class. However, one of the challenges when transitioning into a workplace is some of those deliverables are less clearly defined. Maybe your boss is quite busy. You can't necessarily lay out exactly what it is that you need to produce. Um, or there is changing requirements within your workplace. Um, so one of the biggest challenges when working with an employer versus working in school is identifying what is going to be the thing that I can work on today that is going to bring the highest level of value to the rest of the team, to the rest of the company. Um, and how I kind of came to start identifying those things and try to figure out um, where to focus my effort and time in the workplace was really asking questions to my bosses, to my colleagues, and really understanding a given company's mission or my role's uh, given assignments. So in the context, say, of Rogers, um, because it was a completely new department that we were developing, we didn't yet know what kind of outcome of all of our work was going to be. So I talked with a variety of colleagues in different departments and really tried to understand what was the intention with this new department. And that kind of helped me align a lot of my work towards ensuring that we we're kind of putting our best foot forward and kind of getting the best value for the amount of work that we're contributing. So maybe a bit more of a tangible example is if you're in a workplace and you have project A that while it's really interesting, maybe it might take like six months and you're only working there for four months and the value of it, while potentially valuable in five, 10 years, isn't super valuable today. Whereas maybe there's a project that might only take two weeks, um, it's going to be much more valuable in the near term and help to really drive decision making in the near term. That's probably something that you would want to work on uh, first rather than that kind of bigger, more exciting project. So sometimes it's balancing where your excitement is and where there really is a need for creating value within your organization. Um, but other than that, um, I think having a good schedule was a really other important part uh, within university, you have a lot of flexibility, right, with uh, kind of making your own schedule, kind of deciding when you get to wake up, when you get to go to bed. Uh, but when you're in a more consistent schedule with an employer, um, that's something as well that kind of takes, you need to take into consideration for and just making sure that you can align your schedule with your employer. And a lot of my employers have been on the East Coast, so there's been a two-hour time difference. So waking up at 7 a.m., well, technically I should be waking up earlier than that, but my day starting at 7 a.m., finishing at 3 p.m., and kind of adjusting my schedule that way was a little bit of a transition needed as well, but uh, kind of cover a broad range of things there. But uh, yeah, I hope that answers the question a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think it's experiencing that transition from the classroom to the real world that's really going to like help shape you professionally mm -hmm. and actually prepare you for the real world. And especially as an intern and as a student, I think it's important to be innovative, come up with new solutions for the company you're working for, challenge the status quo, and just kind of like get as much as you can out of that experience as well. Exactly, right? Like, 
And, and I think that's a unique thing of being a student, too, is you are learning the most recent topics. You have the information most freshly in your mind, and you're really tuned into what is happening around us. Um, and that gives you a unique perspective that it can be really valuable to a lot of employers. And I think that's something that no one should ever underestimate kind of when you're in the workplace. Yeah, no, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Do you need help planning your expenses at the University of Calgary? Then try our online undergraduate cost estimator tool, where you can input your specific criteria to get an idea of what your costs will be. For more information, visit the link in the episode notes below. So for you personally, um, what are some skills that you picked up or improved during your internships? And how do you feel that those skills will prepare you for when you actually enter your career as an engineer? Mm -hmm. I think... um... This kind of be answered in two parts, your kind of soft skills and your more hard skills. Um, I'll touch on the hard skills first because this one I think can be quite evident in a, a lot of scenarios, right? You're learning a variety of sciences, technologies, math in the classroom. And when you go work with an employer at an internship, it's really a chance to actually start figuring out, okay, how do these skills actually apply, right? Like if you're working, say, with calculus, you're like, when you're learning it in the classroom, you're like, this will never be applied in the real world. But then you go into the workplace and you realize, okay, no, this can help me understand how this error in this system might be propagating or it can help me understand a new model uh, for a pipeline, for example. And it's really a chance for you to transition this really deep technical knowledge you develop while in the classroom and get to apply it in a real world context. And in terms of tools, that's a really valuable thing as well. A lot of employers have unique processes, unique tools, unique systems that you might get introduced to while in the classroom, things like SOLIDWORKS or in the geomatics context, ArcGIS. Um, you might not necessarily really get like this in-depth expertise with them while in the classroom because you're learning more of like a theoretical concepts. But when you're in the workplace, you really work in hands-on of like, okay, I actually have to use this to complete this given task. And that's something that um, kind of sticks with you for a long time because now after you finish your internship, you might be an expert in a particular process or a particular tool or on your way to becoming an expert in these areas. And that is a very tangible skill that employers uh, will look to you towards to use in the workplace. Um, and a lot of those skills I did learn and I picked up during my internships. Like I really focused on software development, so I got a lot of new skills within the development of uh, like web applications through Python, um, as well as like data scientists and statistical analysis of solutions. And all of that was a lot of fun and it's uh, really useful in a variety of contexts. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of my skills that I picked up from the workplace were my soft skills. And these are just as important, I would say, uh, for any upcoming engineer. Um, especially in my roles between Rogers and the Canadian Space Agency. In Rogers, it was always needed to best communicate my ideas, learning what is the best way to um, engage with my colleagues on these ideas, what's the best way to present these ideas, maybe in a slideshow, maybe in an infographic, and really focusing on quality communication across any of these mediums, because at the end of the day, you might have the best idea in the world, but if you can't properly communicate it to people who need to buy in on that idea, 
that idea may never be adopted. So in the workplace with like an engineering firm, maybe you have a new design or a new idea for a process they're currently engaging in. But if you can't sell it to them and say, hey, this is going to save us and our company all of this uh, value, it's going to create more uh, resources for the rest of our team, um, and really communicating why you're given idea is important, it might never be adopted. Same for the Canadian Space Agency. It was identifying, okay, we're building data solutions, but our data solutions were really focused towards a general audience, a general public. So making sure that as we build these things, we're not necessarily getting into very deep technical jargon and communicating it in a way that anyone can ideally understand. Um, so I think really the biggest takeaway was understanding how to communicate these really technical concepts we work on as engineers and presenting it in ways that stakeholders across the company can engage in, learn, and understand. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned, your soft skills and your hard skills, I think doing those internships are a great way to develop some of those skills and actually take it with you when you actually graduate and like exactly. actually pursue a full-time career. So Yeah. Yeah. So kind of a fun question. Um, what has been your favorite project that you got to work on during any of your internship experiences? Always a hard question because I, I honestly feel like some days uh, my favorite project changes day by day. Um, one of my favorite, though, was probably the 3D modeling of the asteroid venue with the Canadian Space Agency. So how we got to that point is there was this satellite called OSIRIS-REx uh, that was sent to this asteroid far off uh, called Bennu. This asteroid is around, I think, 4.6 billion years old, so kind of created at the earliest stages of our universe. Um, and this asteroid potentially has um, some clues for how life has formed in our universe. Um, so it's really exciting for scientists to better understand this asteroid uh, and Canada's contribution to this particular satellite mission was something called a um, laser altimeter. And what a laser altimeter does, you can imagine it shooting laser beams all across the Bennu surface of the asteroid. And as the satellite rotates around the asteroid, it's getting this um, point cloud, it's called, because you're getting all these points returned from the laser scans. And what you end up with is this kind of amalgamation mash of all these points and when you look at it you're like okay what is this and it can be quite hard to work with and with my background in geomatics engineering we have a big focus on these spatial technologies so things like gps wireless location and point clouds and understanding how these geometries can be used so using those skills from the classroom i was able to process um, this point cloud to remove things like points uh, and artifacts and outliers and things that weren't supposed to be there um, to get this nice, really clean model of the asteroid um, Bennu surface. And you can even see things like the rocks on it, different particles all across it. And we're exporting this model actually just to be used by the general public in a variety of different um sources and what we ended up also doing with this model was using it in a thing called space apps um, challenge which space apps being this um, international competition put on by nasa and space agency partners around the world the canadian space agency put on a challenge for working with this particular data set so we got to use this data set for real world students using it um, and 
getting to play with this data. Um, we have it now for potential use in better understanding the surface of the asteroid um, and potentially developing new algorithms in the future for like determining landing positions because um, just for some fun facts about it, the CYRUS-REx mission, pretty much what it had to do was once it found that asteroid, it they spent like six months to a year determining the best location for it to land on the asteroid. And Osiris Rex pretty much rammed into the asteroid with this pretty much bucket hanging down and collected all this dust from the asteroid. And pretty much as soon as it hit it, it moved away as back. And it's now is back to Earth, as mentioned, uh, for the sample to be returned and analyzed uh, moving forward. So that was a really fun project just because it kind of encompassed a variety of skills from like in the classroom things I've learned to communication and presentation skills. So it was a very fun project indeed. For sure. Yeah, that sounds like a super cool project. And it's really nice that a lot of um, internships usually kind of hover around that 12 to 16 month duration. So it's actually nice. You can actually be integrated as part of those projects and actually experience it with a company almost from like start to finish essentially. So exactly right and that's the thing with engineering a lot of these things take time a bridge at the end of the day doesn't get built overnight um so the value of having a longer internship is you can see these really big exciting projects um from start to completion which is uh not something you necessarily get to do in every profession or yes. every internship yeah yeah exactly so kind of just wrapping it up as well, um, what pieces of advice would you share to a prospective student interested in pursuing a degree in engineering and considering applying for an internship in their upper years? Mm -hmm. um, I'll start off with touching on uh, students interested in applying for engineering um, and then touch on um, some ways to maybe set themselves apart uh, for an internship in their upper years. So in regards to applying to engineering, um, it is a very uh, STEM-focused major, so if you're in high school at the moment, making sure you're taking your proper classes um, in physics, uh, upper year math. Uh, one of the benefits, though, for the University of Calgary is we actually have a bioengineering summer institute, so if you haven't necessarily completed some of the upper year, like physics or, I believe, math requirements, um, but you have taken your high school biology, um, you can still be admitted into engineering and then you just take a little bit of a real, it's actually a really cool summer program that I'm kind of jealous I didn't get to do, um, where you get to learn a lot of entry-level concepts to engineering through like uh, movement mechanics and other concepts that would be useful in your first year. Um, so my kind of first piece of advice on applying is making sure you are taking your sciences and looking up the requirements for admission into engineering. Um, the other thing, too, is reaching out to students or even faculty. A lot of people are always willing to talk with incoming students and are interested in talking with incoming students to kind of show the differences within engineering. Um, I think in my instance, I was kind of lucky that I just happened to listen to a, a cool talk by a interesting person uh, about engineering and data science that kind of inspired me personally to go into the program. But um, the university puts on a variety of events that students can come to or people interested in engineering to learn more about the profession and what it looks like uh, from a student perspective. So keeping your eyes out for events and different ways that you can learn more about engineering is the kind of second thing that I would recommend to students. 
In regards to applying for internships, um, this is something that is, I, I, I do strongly believe you kind of need to be ready for it a little bit early. Um, the unfortunate truth is some engineering disciplines internships can be quite competitive. Uh, one of the benefits of geomatics, we are quite a small program, um, usually with class sizes of like 20 to 30 students. Um, and we have really good relationships with our local industry. So um, we get kind of almost headhunted a lot of the time and companies will say, hey, we want to hire you. But in areas such as like mechanical engineering, software engineering, electrical, there's a lot more students, hundreds of students in these programs. So it can be a lot more competitive applying for an internship. So Taking that into mind, it's worth considering, okay, how can I start setting myself apart and developing some skills that would be useful to a potential employer earlier on? Some people focus on just applying at the end of their third year or at the start of their third year. And while that's okay, um, you can start developing skills and experiences that set you apart uh, all the way in first year. Um, this includes things like hackathons or case competitions, and these are events where you might go design a solution or uh, compete in trying to build a project within a set amount of time. And this is a really good chance to start trying and being creative with your own engineering skills to build cool projects that you could potentially add to your portfolio. Um, as mentioned before as well, I'm a big advocate for research, so that's just something you can consider too, is working with a professor in your first, second year summers. Uh, you can apply for funding as well and actually have it paid research. Uh, and this is also a great chance to really get in depth with specific topics in regards to engineering. Uh, and something too that I didn't really touch on uh, during today's um, conversation here, but entrepreneurship too actually is another viable opportunity to start setting yourself apart within um, your kind of cohort and kind of show some interesting skills available for uh, a potential employer. In my instance, I was lucky enough to be involved with several different uh, entrepreneurial programs and um, uh, fellowships where I actually was able to build my own company and have worked with other people who have built, say, like nonprofits or even student clubs and all these different things uh, kind of help you set yourself apart. And the last thing is uh, engineering teams or engineering specific clubs. Uh, so one thing too kind of unique about engineering is we have a lot of clubs that do real world projects and compete in real world competitions. Uh, for example, uh, we have a satellite club which is actually building and planning to launch a real-life satellite into orbit in 2024. Um, and it's completely student-run. And this means that they have to design, build, and test the satellite all on their own, pretty much. Uh, there's also other engineering clubs, such as Concrete Toboggan, which is really cool-looking. Uh, solar Car, where they have, they're building a, a working car powered by solar energy. Uh, there is more of a Formula One style uh, racing team as well in regards to both um, motorcycles. So if you're more interested in that, we have uh, rocket clubs. So there's a lot of different more technical clubs too that you can really start uh, applying your skills in a tangible manner uh, to show off that you are capable of working on these big technical projects to a potential employer. So um, yeah, to summarize is start early, start exploring, and really just try as much as you want until you find stuff that kind of suits you and resonates with what you're interested in. So um, that's kind of the takeaway I would say for that.
Yeah, absolutely. That's some really fantastic advice. Um, some of the best advice that I've heard personally as well on the podcast today. So I really appreciate you sharing some of those pieces. I know a lot of our listeners are interested in engineering and we get a lot of questions about internships. So I think this is a great resource for them to use when they're interested in pursuing those as well. Well, that just about wraps up today's episode. Um, Thank you, Jackson, so much for being a great guest on the podcast today and sharing all of your knowledge and experiences with us. Thank you, Marcus, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And a huge thank you to all of our listeners, both new and returning, who tuned into this episode as well. Everything we talked about in today's episode will be linked down below in the episode notes, so feel free to visit those for more information. And thank you again to everyone, and I will see you all in the next podcast episode.